We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. I am Steve Alexander, also known as Dr. A. Uh, I am joined today by special guest Noah Rubin, who has a podcast cleverly named Tank Me Later. It's part of the FBI setup. He uh, works for Roto World. We're former co-workers from my Roto World days, so it's good to see you again, Noah. Good to be reunited. Uh, you want to talk some hoops today? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I know this is the to my understanding, the first one you're doing. So it's honored. I'm honored that you allowed me to join you for this adventure. We can call it an adventure. It is going to be an adventure. We're off to an adventurous type of start with some technical issues getting going, but we are good to go now. So uh, tell us a little bit about Tank Me Later. How'd you come up with the name and what do you, what do you do on that podcast? Yeah, so I started that back in April. I think kind of in February, March, I decided that I was wanting to kind of pursue a dynasty angle to be able to do some dynasty content. Obviously there's already some great people in that space, but I saw the opportunity. I love dynasty, just wanted to be able to join that. Um, so I looked at some of the names of podcasts, Rhett Bowers uh, from Sports Ethos, his is Punt Intended, I believe. <laughs> yeah, Punt Intended. So I was like, okay, cool. I can just do some sort of fantasy name pun, thought about it a little bit, dynasty, I like tanking in dynasty leagues and doing the, the long rebuild process. So I was like, okay, like, cool. Like, thank me later. Tank me later. We'll roll with that. So it started off uh, just dynasty podcast was just trying to get guests. I, I know you were on one of the first few episodes that I did, I think episode four. Cause, yeah. Cause we talked about Luca and, and the Mavs and then a couple other teams. Um, but now that it's part of FBI fantasy basketball international uh, joined up with them a couple weeks ago. And now it's still, still dynasty. Uh, also doing redraft. I think it's going to be kind of in the middle, just kind of wherever the season's at is kind of what it's going to be more directed towards. Obviously we're in redraft season with the regular season starting here in a few weeks. So all of the content the past couple episodes or really five or more episodes has been mostly redraft stuff, but still there to talk dynasty. It'll just kind of be general hoops at this point. So, well, I think I actually, this is my first ever host job with RotoWire, And I think I, may have not even said the name of this podcast as I oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, opened up it, but ours isn't quite as uh, quite as funny as yours. It's more straightforward. It's the Rotowire NBA fantasy basketball podcast, uh, but very excited. We're going to be doing a ton of these shows. Uh, I'm hosting on Tuesdays. 
I have not not announced this anywhere yet, Noah, but uh, on Thursdays, the legendary Rick Camlet and I are going to be doing a Thursday show together uh, every Thursday morning for Rotowire. Pretty psyched about that because Camlet and I go way back. We're like yeah. considered a couple of the OGs from a couple of the old guys from way back in the day. So uh, we're looking pretty forward to to that one as well. So exciting stuff going on. Uh, as the NBA season is about ready to get kicked off. Yeah, it always is. We just had media day yesterday, so there was plenty of fun quotes. You know, we already know how the season's going to go now. A bunch of guys have gained weight, gained muscle. A bunch of guys are going to be healthy all season. A bunch of guys are in for the best season of their career. It's, Noah, it's the perfect time to overreact. No, I mean, in New Orleans, we've got a three-headed monster plus an orthopedic surgeon medical staff ready to take care of Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. I think all of their problems are behind them, uh, obviously. Uh, but, you know, media day, media day was very, very interesting. I thought now now the stuff out of new Orleans is kind of important I th- because they did really re revamp their entire medical staff uh, with a focus on health. I think, you know, David Griffin said that Zion Williamson it's finally working hard and, and buying into the plan. I mean, it was almost like a backhanded compliment to Zion. Like, well, he, he really wasn't doing what we needed him to do the first four years, but now he's, now he's good. Um, so are you buying any of that New Orleans stuff? Like, do you think Brandon Ingram and Zion Williams can both play in 65 or 70 games this year? That would be, that would be quite an accomplishment for those guys. I think I'm buying it a little bit, but not to the point where I'm expecting 70 games. I think 60 is probably more of a target number for me, considering I think Zion's played in like 140-something games in four years. So I'm not expecting him to come in here and play 70 games, as nice as that would be. The David Griffin comment was really interesting to me, the fact that he kind of said he's training like a professional athlete for the first time in his career, and it's been five years. Like you said, it could have been backhanded like, this guy just wasn't doing his job for four years and now he finally is. And we're really grateful. Or it was, Hey, you know, let's put the league on notice. First four years, it was just kind of, and you saw how good he was when he was on the court. Now he's actually going to be on the court a lot. So am I aiming for 70 games? If I'm looking to draft them, probably not. Uh, But 60 games, I think is something that's attainable. If this isn't just coach speak or GM speak, that's getting everybody excited for no reason. And then obviously you can't predict injuries, but I'm a little bit more hopeful than I think I was heading into last season. Interesting. Uh, I'm probably not messing with Zion. I'm probably not messing with Brandon Ingram. You know, that was another thing about the David Griffin comment is he was like, you know, we have professionals here like Brandon Ingram and they know what it takes and the work they have to put in. I'm like, that dude is the, the poster man for guys who miss games. I mean, he plays like 45 games a year. So, uh, very interesting times there in New Orleans. I'm probably not messing with either guy in redraft leagues. Um, I got burned by Zion real bad in, in 30 deep one year. Uh, not not really feeling like I, I want to go back there again. Um, and then Jimmy Butler is he's sort of like the he's become the face of of media day at this point just because his look was so different and so interesting. And then his comments, you know, I'm emo now, um, touch with my emotional side, whatever. 
he had a little Rodman vibe going, I thought. Yeah, he was he was very sassy with uh, some of his comments and obviously with the look. It was it was just fun to see. It was like refreshing because, like you said, like we've said, all the quotes that come out, you're trying to like phase through them, kind of figure out what's real, what's not. But just to see something like that, that's just fun. And obviously, you know, he posted after the Dame trade saying, hey, like NBA needs to look into that. There was tampering there. It seemed like he was being kind of emotional. So maybe he was just playing on that saying, oh, I'm emo. I'm emotional. But then when asked about it, he said, yeah, I mean, we're going to go back to the finals. We're going to win this time. We're going to beat Dame and Giannis in the Bucks. Like we're not worried about anybody. And just the character of Jimmy Butler just makes media day worth it. I'm even more excited for next year because I don't know how you top what he did this year. It would take quite quite the uh, performance <laughs> for him to top that. Um, yes, I agree. So, uh, well, while we're talking about uh, the East and and all these super teams now, let's let's talk about the two big trades that just went down in the last week. What are your what are your thoughts on the Damian Lillard uh, situation now that he's going to be running with Giannis? Yeah, it's uh, obviously not what we expected. I think everybody was pretty set on a Miami trade is happening for months. And then kind of a curveball out of nowhere. Didn't even I didn't realize the Bucks were even really on the radar. I thought they should have been a team that was at least exploring it, but didn't realize they were on the radar that closely. Um, I don't think it impacts Dame and Giannis as much as maybe people think. I think they're not going to have an issue getting kind of their same stats. If anything, maybe there's – they're a little bit more efficient playing alongside each other because defenses can't focus on either one of them as much as they have in the past. I mean, I know it's just little clips and usually when they're hot, but sometimes you have five guys in the paint trying to stop Gian- Giannis. And sometimes you have four guys on the perimeter guarding Dame from half court. So it's like little things like that. Obviously those are get ball out of their hands. So I think both of those guys are going to be just fine. Um, maybe a little bit less, shot attempts a little bit less production from a guy like Chris Middleton, who's going to be going from arguably Milwaukee's closer um, aside from last year when he was mostly injured, but a guy that was one of their best shot creator to now probably being a third scoring option offensively because Dame's going to be the closer and the shot creator. Giannis is still going to be doing his dominant thing, but I'm a little bit more hesitant about how that's going to look for Chris Middleton. Uh, but obviously, with all the trades that have happened, a lot of opportunities have opened up for guys on Portland. Um, and then a couple roles have shifted a little bit in Boston. Yeah, Anthony Simons and Shadon Shadon Sharp in Portland. I'm kind of uh, kind of excited about. Um, how about you? Yeah, definitely. I uh, Really liked Anthony Simons over the last couple of years, and now he's finally going to get the opportunity to maybe be their number one scoring option, number one, number two. I think that Portland team is going to be competing for a play-in spot. It's going to be kind of like how the Jazz were this past season, where they're significantly better than everybody thinks, and then they're kind of you know maybe in the playoff hunt, play-in hunt at the trade deadline, probably move on from a couple guys. They probably still even have more talent than the Jazz had after the trade deadline this season because I don't. The only guy there they're probably going to move off of is Brogdon, maybe Jeremy Grant. So they're still going to have Scoot, Simons, Sharp, Aiton, Robert Williams. So I think that's a, a better team than a lot of people expect, but it's also going to be a fantasy goldmine. You know, you mentioned Sharp, you mentioned Anthony Simons. Scoot's going to have a lot of opportunities as a rookie. I'm a little bit more hesitant about DeAndre Aiton now that Robert Williams is there. 
at minute split is going to be interesting because they're not a, a too big combo that you're probably going to play together all that much. Whereas in Boston, Robert Williams was able to play alongside Al Horford because of Horford's ability to switch defensively and hit perimeter shots. Robert Williams is more down low. DeAndre is just not giving him that. So a lot of fantasy opportunity coming out of Portland now. Um, but I think Aiton is a little bit limited after that second deal. Yeah, and then the whole Robert Williams thing is interesting because um, he's always so injured. And now they have Robert Williams and DeAndre Ayton. Um, so I, I think it's a good thing that they've got both of those guys. And then Jeremy Grant, you think he's an afterthought at this point? I don't I don't think so. I think he's going to be a big part of the offense for the first two, three and a half months until the trade deadline, and then he's gone. There's no way he's a Portland Trailblazer after the trade deadline. There's already been reports that they're looking to move him as soon as he's eligible to be traded, which I believe is in January after the extension that he signed. So he could get traded a couple weeks before the deadline, but I'd say definitely by the deadline he's out of there, which would open up even more shot opportunities for Scoot, Simons, and Sharp. No, have you poured one out for Derek White yet? In Multiple. Boston? I, uh, that was, man, that was devastating getting that uh, trade news because I've been. <laughs> I feel like you and I were probably. For months. I feel like you and I were the two Derek White guys. It's like, I, I've been fired up about him. I know you've been fired up about him. Boston really didn't have a point guard. They got rid of Marcus Smart, sent him to Memphis. Uh, White is, is so good on both ends of the court when he when he gets big minutes. And I was like, I'm going to be able to get this guy as a starting point guard in round nine and not have to worry about it. And, uh, yeah, now he plays behind Drew Holiday. So, <laughs> yeah, I there think there's, there's still a chance that he starts with Horford off the bench. I don't know what they'll do, but either way, if he starts, he's not starting – at point guard, he's going to have the ball in his hands less because I think I've been kind of saying this whenever I've had the chance. When I say starting at point guard, I'm not saying Derek White spamming pick and rolls and is going to be like Trey Young or Luca out there, but I think the added offensive opportunity from being the lead ball handler would have helped him. But now if he's a starting shooting guard, you're adding in another playmaker with Drew Holiday and obviously still having Jason Tatum and Jayla Brown to an extent there. So I'm expecting similar production from Derek White. I think his ADP is just going to slide. I know he's being drafted or was being drafted, I believe, end of sixth round, early seventh round on Yahoo Leagues, but that's just going to slide down. So all the value there is not, – not all of it's gone, but all the upside there is probably gone. All the exciting part of it is gone. Yeah. All the, all the parts that you and I were excited about, dead. He even shaved his head to be like Kobe and, and MJ. And he was, it was the next step of his development was to just shave all, all the hair off his head and he was going to have such a year, but I guess we'll never know. Yeah. And speaking from a reality basketball standpoint, I feel like the Drew Holiday defensive piece of his game is better. Like he's, he's a bigger move for Boston than I think Dame was for Milwaukee and Drew Holiday's still a really good basketball player. He's got Jalen. He's got Jason Tatum. Uh, I feel like they also have Chris Stapps Porzingis who nobody seems to care about. Uh, I, I don't know, man, this Boston team looks pretty, pretty scary to me on paper. 
Yeah, they obviously lost a little bit of depth giving up the sixth man of the year and giving up Robert Williams. They had sort of a luxury at center with Horford, Porzingis, and Robert Williams. Gave up a little bit of depth, but I'm sure Boston will find somebody to kind of fill out some minutes that nobody even knew was going to impact to be able to play 15 minutes a game or whatever. But that starting lineup is going to be from one through five, one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. Because if you're taking Marcus Smart and upgrading that to Drew Holiday, I mean, those are two of the top perimeter defenders in the league, but Drew Holiday is significantly better offensively. And then replacing either Al Horford in the starting lineup with Chris Stapps Porzingis, you know, maybe you're losing a little bit of the defensive switchability, but you still have an elite shot blocker down low that's able to space the floor even better. And they're going to be a great team in 2K. That's what I'll tell you that because <laughs> everybody's going to be able to, you're going to have five guys that can score and play defense. I think that's going to be, they're, they're going to be very dangerous. I think this is probably their best, I mean, I'd say it's definitely their best starting lineup over the last few years, and they've been able to make the conference finals and NBA finals with ease. I feel like I feel like Boston is going to need to force Porzingis to get off the three-point line and get underneath and bank. Because when he was playing with Luka in Dallas, I mean, it, it was frustrating uh, as a fan to, to see him spend so much time outside the arc and outside of the paint. And even when he was... Um, you know, in the East last year, he he was spending a lot of time outside the paint. And now with, with uh, Robert Williams gone and Horford being what, 47, 48 years old, um, they're going to need Porzingis to, to play some big man ball. So I, I hope, I hope to see that happen because I, I want to see him, um, I want to see Porzingis be good. Now, of course, if you have Porzingis playing big man ball, you also risk injury to him because he's he's very fragile. But anyway, well, there there's a look at uh, some of the the trades that went down. Um, it's going to be a very interesting year in the NBA. I think we're off to a, to a blistering start, and we're only at media day thus far. Um, we haven't even seen Wimbenyama play in a real basketball game yeah we have seen a couple summer league performances um i did not get to watch those my impression just my takeaway from what i remember uh when those summer league games happened was eh he looked okay but then i saw the numbers that he put up in those two games because i think i think the first game might have not been very good and then the second game he must have kind of blown up because the numbers that I saw from his media day uh, scroll yesterday, I was like, man, I, I did not think he was that good in summer league. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about Victor Wembanyama. Yeah. That first game he was, you know, all the hype was around it and packed out stadium in summer league. Everybody's there to see Wemby's first time playing for the Spurs. And man, he, I think he started off like, Oh, for something like missed his first, however many shots ended up shooting like, two for something. I don't have the numbers up right here, but just a horrible shooting performance, but you could still kind of tell watching just how good this guy was. So, I mean, I think it's safe to say he was kind of nervous. I mean, all the hype building up to it first time playing in a Spurs Jersey, he was just nervous. I know everybody calls him an alien, but he's human. He was a little bit nervous for his first summer league game. I don't think that's going to translate into a, a full rookie season for him. He may, have some of those first game jitters again during the first regular season game, but 
man, he's going to be special as a rookie. I, I don't know that he's going to be able to live up to the hype as a rookie that everybody's giving him because it's off the charts ridiculous, but he's going to be very special. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Yeah, I, and I'm with you there. I also, because I, I feel like it was super trendy two years ago to be like, oh, Wimby's coming over and he's going to dominate the league. And then as it got closer and closer, it became trendy to be like, eh, he's not that special. He's not going to be as good as everybody says he is. And, it, it, you know, I, I was talking with, um, on another podcast I do the other day, I was talking about how the only guys that I recall actually living up to the hype in my lifetime are LeBron James and Tiger Woods. Uh, Jordan didn't have that much hype coming out of North Carolina. Kobe Kobe didn't have near the hype, but but LeBron was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And Tiger Woods, you were hearing about him since he was four years old, and both of those guys actually lived up to it. It's it's hard uh, to do that, but you know I think I think Wembenyama's going to be able to to pull it off. And I like how Pop said yesterday, you know. This isn't his first rodeo. He, he's obviously used to having the focus be on him, and and he's going to be fine. Um, I just hope, I just hope Pop doesn't pop him. I hope, hope Pop lets him play, lets him play every game. But you know that's that is a concern I have. Like Pop may be like, yep, oh, we're going to rest one day a week. So, but I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that. There's probably a good chance it does. I mean, if we're being honest, I don't think the Spurs are going to be, they might early on be kind of a competitive team. I don't think anybody's expecting 
a playoff run from them or to make the playoffs. I don't, they're on the outside looking in. So especially if the season doesn't start off with a ton of wins, just trying to make sure because long-term he has generational upside, but I think Greg Popovich is probably going to prioritize that a little bit over what they can do this year. Uh, but they have a nice young core there and there really isn't a better spot for him to have landed for his long-term development. I think this was ideal. Pop has done it with David Robinson, did it with Tim Duncan. I mean, he's basically a lock to be a generational big man. And I don't like making guarantees like that, but I, it's pretty much a lock. <laughs> I agree. All right. So this let's transition into um, my guys, but this time it's going to be your guys. I, I, I write a column. I've been doing it for, I don't know, five or eight years. I, I don't know how many, but it's just called my guys. And it's basically my guys that I like to draft. Probably about eight years ago, I gave up traditional fantasy hoops drafting and simply went into every draft with a mission of getting all my guys. And usually that would require me to reach about a round, sometimes even further in front of where a player would uh, traditionally be taken just to make sure I got them all. And uh, it became like a, a little game within the game for myself to see how many of my guys I could actually get um, and how without it looking completely ridiculous that I'm taking CJ McCollum and whatever round, but um, generally I think I, I feel pretty good. I mean, most of my teams are competitive. Most of my teams are there at the end injuries play so much um, in fan in fancy hoops these days that, you can't you can't win all the time, but I feel like my reaching for guys strategy has actually not been not been terrible. Uh, but it does it does generate a lot of fun banter in in draft rooms. Like, what are you doing? And I remember one time at our NBC um, big draft, we did it every year. Uh, one of the one of the people that was in the league with us, I can't think of her name. She's like. Boy, Steve's draft is just really, really interesting, and um, like totally calling me out and dogging me. But I, I beat her both times we we played and finished higher in the standings. So it was personal. That. Those matchups meant a little bit more. You guys got up for those games. Very, very personal, Noah. Anyway, uh, I've got a list of my guys pull up. Most people probably know who those are if you know who I am. But um, uh, who are some of your guys? Yeah, so for about three months, it's been Derek White as my number one guy. <laughs> but uh, I I can't even – I got to be honest with myself and say it's, he's not going to be quite the player that he was um, just, just the way it is. Uh, but that's fine. Uh, I think one of the guys, probably the earliest guy that I could draft that is, quote-unquote, my guy is Trey Young. Um, slightly biased as being a Hawks fan, but also just the fact that – Quinn Snyder's there now. It's not Nate McMillan trying to make the offense run like the nineties. He's actually like Quinn Snyder's going to run a modern day offense. Trey young struggled a bit last year because of a low field goal percentage and not hitting many threes. But I think both of those are going to go back to what they were the year before when he was a first round value uh, with Quinn Snyder there. I think Quinn Snyder does more for this Hawks team than a lot of other moves they could have made just because since Trey Young has been there, their coaches have been, it's been Lloyd Pierce and it's been Nate McMillan. Lloyd Pierce is a great player development assistant coach. 
just wasn't able to do great in his first head coaching stint. And Nate McMillan has a reputation of being an old school coach and it just didn't fit well. But I think having Quinn Snyder there, I'm all, I'm all in on Trey Young this year. I'm taking him where I can in the second round. I'm not ambitious enough to probably take him. Maybe if I pick 11 or 12, I would take him in the first round. But with the way most draft go, I'll probably be getting him in the second round. But I'm going to make sure I get him. Well, it was a weird, it was a weird season for Trey last year. And, you know, you and I both live in, ironically, we've, we spent a lot of time in the exact same small town in Georgia, mm-hmm. which is how we ended up together. Um <laughs> At Roto World, but um, you know the sports radio talk about Trey last year was pretty rough. Like, yeah, the the word trade was thrown around like every day. Um, he wasn't getting along with Nate. His teammates don't like him. Him and Dejounte experiment didn't really work as well as, as we thought it would. So, uh, I am not all in on Trey. Trey is not really one of my guys, but I do hope. I do hope that Trey and DeJounte figure it out and that the Hawks um, become more relevant this year because it's, it's just, it's no fun being a mediocre NBA team and getting a mediocre draft pick every year and then Mm -hmm. having to start over. I'm, I'm more of a DeJounte guy than a, than a Trey guy at this point, but uh, uh, no, let's, let me take a quick pause here and, and, um, give you some information from underdog underdog fantasy is the number one platform for best ball leagues including fantasy basketball underdogs featured best ball tournament for the upcoming nba season has five hundred thousand dollars in total prizes you haven't tried underdog yet new underdog users receive a first time deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars and a free six month subscription to rotowire with promo code R-W-N-F-L. That's promo code RWNFL. That stands for Rotowire NFL. Just put some dashes in between all those letters. Uh, visit underdogfantasy.com or download the underdog app today and use promo code RWNFL to claim your free Rotowire subscription and deposit bonus. Noah, who is another one of your guys? Yes, another one of my guys. I so we actually ended up doing a an hour guys column with the Roto World Draft Guide because Zach was inspired by you, so we rolled with that. Um, and I had five. One of them was Derek White, and one of them was Tyus Jones. But I feel like he's just a guy I like that I'm not necessarily going <laughs> to coin as my guy. But hey, Tyus, the other Jones two, is, Tyus Jones is one of my guys. Perfect, awesome. and I'll let you claim that one. So okay, it sounds go like ahead. it's a good guy to get. You keep um, going. Yeah, so the other two guys I feel definitely more comfortable with saying they're my guys. One of them is Andrew Wiggins, who I know because I was I think I was talking with B Dub on a podcast uh, from FBI, and I was saying, yeah, Andrew Wiggins, you know, after being really good in the finals, he came into last season saying I want to win or be on an all defensive team, you know, continue to be an improved rebounder, and he was that for the first month a little over a month, he was awesome. And I think he was a top 25 guy by nine cat uh, value, nine cat Z scores. Uh, and then he missed about a month with an injury and slash illness, then played for a month, just wasn't quite the same, then missed the final two months of the regular season uh, due to personal reasons. And then the playoffs just wasn't quite that same player. But that first stretch of games when he was fully healthy, came into the season motivated, he was awesome. 
And then the rest of the season was kind of a forgotten year. And now he's being drafted barely inside the top 100. And I think that not, you know, I'll probably take him and in round seven, maybe round eight, if I, if I feel like the guys on the board are better or whatever, but I think he has so much upside because he showed the ability to get defensive stats, get rebounds and, and be more efficient playing in that offense. And I think that's something that was kind of lost throughout his entire career. And I was telling B-Dub this because his idea of Andrew Wiggins is a fantasy bust or like a guy that just never was everything he was supposed to be. And since I've only been doing this for like two years, that idea isn't in my mind that Andrew Wiggins is kind of a disappointing player. So I told him, I was like, maybe having that fresh perspective is helping me be a little bit more optimistic. I don't know if that's me being naive about Andrew Wiggins, but he's a guy that I'm going to make sure I get in draft because he's fully healthy. He was awesome to start last season. And I think he's going to be able to come into this year and do kind of that same thing, especially if Draymond Green misses a couple of weeks early on and Andrew Wiggins having to play power forward a little bit. I think maybe that helps him a little bit, get a couple extra rebounds here and there. Andrew Wiggins is one of my guys. Wasn't he an all-star starter in like 2021? He was. It was mostly because of votes, but. He averaged a steal and a block that year. Um, Two threes. Like like his shot blocking to me has always been underrated because the beginning of his career, he he reminded me a little bit more of, um, you know, like R.J. Barrett type game where it's just scoring and volume and, and mm-hmm. a bunch of bunch of other stuff that, that isn't very helpful um in fan especially in fantasy but i feel like the older he's gotten the more he's he's developed his game and and i think i think you put wiggins uh who by the way not one of my guys because he's oh he's only 28 years old he qualifies he can be one of my guys if i wanted <laughs> to but he's not uh, but I do like what you're saying. I, I think extreme value pick um, if he plays in 70 games or so, uh, he's going to be amazing. And I think you, you can make a similar case um, for Miles Bridges in Charlotte because he put up pretty monster third-round numbers the year before last, and then he had that domestic violence situation out of the league last year. Well, he's back. And he's hungry. He's probably got a chip on his shoulder. And he's being drafted super late, like 10th round, um, down there with Wiggins. And I think there's there's guys that you can draft late that have a chance to really transform your entire team. And, and I'd say those are probably two of them. So um, let, me, let me poke through my guy, my list, and see what, who one of my guys is. Um, well, there's Derek White. There's Tyus Jones. Um, what about De'Anthony Melton? I think I'll uh, I'll keep Jonas in mind when I say this. I I really like his talent. I just have so many questions about what Philly's going to look like if they just sit and have James Harden sitting there, don't make a trade, and just don't play him. I, that's probably best case scenario for De'Anthony Melton because he's probably going to start. Um, in my mind, I would start him. I guess we'll see what actually happens, but I would start him really good for threes, steals. Um, he had a really good stretch uh, beginning of last season when Harden and Maxi were both out. I think he's going to be a really good value, but it all depends on what Philly does with James Harden because if they make a deal and are able to bring in another talented player, like say, I don't know if this is something that's even talked about or remotely close to what could happen, but if they trade Harden to Miami, 
bring back Tyler Hero, and now they have Tyrese Maxey, Tyler Hero starting. That probably limits Melton a little bit for me. Uh, but if Harden's sitting there and not playing, then ideal scenario for D'Anthony Melton, I'd love to have him on my team. But a lot of the other scenarios that could happen with James Harden just kind of make me shy away from him a little bit, even if he is awesome for fantasy when he's on the court. Yeah, that's the key to Melton. Um, Melton, even if Melton is in a reserve role and not playing very many, very many minutes, he's going to put up fantasy numbers because he, he arguably has one of the most fantasy-friendly games in the entire league. Like you said, if Harden gets traded and they bring over another guard, that should probably mess with both D'Anthony Melton and Tyrese Maxey. Like you said, if James Harden is sitting there at home eating bonbons and watching the Sixers play on TV and, and just sits the year out, which I, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but it, if that happens, I, I think Maxie and Melton both become um, monsters that you can get in the fifth or sixth round and that can be really, really good. So uh, there are tons of questions in Philly. James Harden was not at media day. No one expected James Harden to be at media day. Uh, he called Daryl Moore a liar, said he'd never play for a franchise he's involved in. Maury initially said, well, I'm not moving this guy, but now he is talking about moving him. Although talks with Clippers have broken down, so anybody's guess what's going to happen there. Um, who's, who's, let's, uh, we're at, what, 30, 35 minutes? we got time for one more of Noah's guys. Let's, let's see who we got. Yeah, the other guy is Zach Collins, who is going to start at center alongside Victor Wembenyama. He was awesome down the stretch last season. Um, over the final 19 games, he averaged 16.5 points, 8 rebounds, 3.8 assists, 1.1 steals, 1.1 blocks, 1.6 threes, shot almost 50% from the field, good from the line. He's not going to do that over the course of the full season. I don't expect him to, but the Spurs, even before they drafted Wemby, said Zach Collins is going to be our starting center next year. That's what they said in exit interviews. Then they draft Wemby. And now it's, okay, Zach Collins is going to be the bruiser down low while Wemby is able to, you know, kind of develop more as a four than a five, despite being seven foot four, seven, five, whatever he is. Zach Collins is going to be the leading rebounder on the team. I don't, like, he should still be able to average a block per game, even with Wemby there. I think that's just going to be kind of a, a scary front court defensively. I think he's going to be in for a really good season. He's the starting center. He's, his first however many years in the league, a lot of it was limited by injuries, but he's healthy now. So I guess barring another injury happening, he's he's going to be really good, and he's going late in drafts. I don't have his ADP pulled up, but I'm pretty sure he's being drafted outside the top 100 or maybe just inside the top 100 uh, on Yahoo. Um, and I think that that's going to end up looking like – yes, okay, so one – 19 120 that's kind of where he's going in now who ended the 10th round and you're getting a guy that was a fourth rounder over the final two months of last season i think that's just so much upside there and you know you you kind of blew off the spurs earlier like well, they're not going to be very good they're not going to be plus but devin vassal just signed a big extension mm -hmm. great he defensive did. player solid solid wingman um I love Devin Bastel. Trey Jones, 
solid up-and-coming young point guard. Going to get tons of minutes for San Antonio. You got Zach Collins. You got Wimby. You got Keldon Johnson. I'm sure I'm forgetting someone. Uh, is there a chance they are sneaky good with Greg Popovich this year? I think that there's a chance. I just feel like a lot of these guys are probably a year away in their development. It would take a best-case scenario for a lot of guys. It would take – you know, Trey Jones get being better than last. Like, I think little improvements are expected, but being taking a little bit of a leap from last season, Devin Vassell taking this massive extension and still continuing to improve. Keldon Johnson, really good score, really good shooter. What else can he do? Jeremy Sohan taking a little bit of a step forward. Uh, Victor Wembanyama would have to have the rookie year we expect. And Zach Collins just doing what he did at the end of last season. I think that there's a chance. I just think that they're probably a year away. I think Wemby year two, the expectation should be postseason basketball. I think year one, they're going to be trying to figure things out, see exactly how it looks. But Greg Popovich is there, and I don't think you can really count him out. So I think there's a chance that they're a play-in team. I just don't – with how stacked the West is and some of these guys – look, some of these teams have superstars, and they're still in the play-in tournament. So, I mean – wasn't yeah the Lakers were in the play in tournament last year so it's it's hard for me to imagine that they're going to be a top 10 team I think it would have to be best case scenario but the talent's there it's probably just a year or two away all right now so um a few weeks ago I did a rotowire mock draft with a bunch of industry folks mm-hmm. um they did a podcast about it here at rotowire I wrote a column about it at sportstopia which is another site I write for, and it, it basically, this is the epitome of a my guys draft. I got Luca. I took Luca at number two. Might have been a reach. I will say this about Luca this year. I am worried about Dallas not being very good and and tanking again at the end of the season, and Luca being shut down. I'm not as high on Luca this year as I have been every other year of my life, but I'm still drafting him because I love him, and I'm president of this fan club. I sort of have to do it. Um, and then round two, I got Wemby reached for him. So I have Wemby and Luca, and then I got Chet, who is definitely one of my guys. And that's a reach because Chet's going more like 40 instead of 30. So I, I reached, got me some Chet and then, uh, Jalen Williams, um, for Oklahoma city in round four, that one is definitely a stretch because, uh, OKC has so many pieces now, and they're going to be so dangerous. And they're going to they're going to um, they're going to be a lot of people who are just getting into basketball's favorite team because they're so fun to watch. But anyway, and then uh, the fifth round, I went with Al- Alfie Shengun. Uh, third time's a charm, right? No, he burned us the last last couple of years a little bit, but. I think the full breakout's coming for Shengun this this season. So, any uh, final thoughts? Any 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 bows you need to put on any of this? Anything that's burning on your mind that you did not get to get in? I'll just if you want, we can talk about that uh, mock draft real quick. At least the last two rounds, Alpern Shengun said yesterday during media day that he worked on defense and shooting this summer because he wants to be a little bit of a better shooter. And obviously, defense was a bit of concern. And he's been picking Jeff Green's brain about how Nikola Jokic prepares. So good signs for Shengun to be doing some of those things. I think that's kind of what we all need from him to be able to 
finally reach that potential that we know he has. And then Jalen Williams, even with all these OKC, you know, having Chet back, them adding adding more lottery talent, he's not a high volume scorer. He does a lot of things very efficiently and comes away with a lot of steals, which is where his value comes from. I don't think adding in Chet and other talent is really going to limit him all that much. So I have no problem. It may seem like a reach, but I think that there's still a really good chance that he returns that value. And he was a second round guy over the final couple months of last season. So no, I mean, go get your guys. That's, that's all I can say. <laughs> and I know well, you're going to do that better. anyway. I feel better about getting Jalen Williams now. Cause I, I was like, I did, I just loved him so much last year. And, and, mm-hmm. and I, I picked him up off the waiver wire early in the season and, and stashed him and he, he just got better and better and better the whole year. And then really kind of blew up by the time it was over. So um, I'm, I'm hoping for another big year from, from Jay will. So, uh, all right. No, anything else? Thanks. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. I don't have anything else to add, but I really appreciate you allowing me to join you for this. All right. Well, this was my first ever hosting of the Rotowire fantasy basketball podcast uh i'll be back on thursday with special guest rick Kama. he's not a special guest he's gonna my permanent guest and i don't even know i don't even know who's hosting that show it could be me it could be rick it's a it's a co it's a it's a co-host thing it's a show noah i guess it's a show so we're gonna be back on thursday with that and there's also um Redwire basketball podcast the rest of the week, Monday to Friday right now. So um, sit back, enjoy, and let's get ready for a great hoop season. Thank you all for watching, and I'll see you on Thursday. Noah, thanks. Thanks, Doc.